this episode, we are talking about the clairs, otherwise known as the psychic senses. We're going to go over the seven main clairs, give you some info on each, some examples of each one, and also discuss the mystery behind where the concept of the clairs actually comes from. This is the Intuitive Girl's Guide, and this is Heather Wood and Jamie Hayhurst. Hi, Jamie. Are you ready to talk about the clairs? I sure am. <laughs> so the clairs are these inner senses that we have. Sometimes they're referred to as the psychic senses, soul senses, inner senses, intuitive senses. There's lots of names for them. Um, and there's a lot of debate on how many there are. Yes, indeed, there is. Um, there's also a lot of debate on the validity of them, on mm -hmm. whether everybody has them or not. There's a lot. We're going to get into all of that stuff over the course of the four episodes we're doing on these. But in this episode, we're going to give you the basics and the background so you know what we're talking about, kind of know where they come from, what's the deal with them. That's where we're going to start. Right. Um, let's start talking about why there's so many different numbers of them. We're going to talk about the seven main ones mm -hmm. and we seven because seven is a magic number. Yep. <laughs> there's seven chakras, there's seven, all kinds of things, but right. our, there's also five of the seven, there's five main ones, but I know you've noticed this too, Jamie, if you search for the clairs or the psychic senses, you're going to find all kinds of different numbers, right? Right. I mean, you can just Google search the clairs or even Google like the five clairs or the seven, and there will be page upon page of articles about the eight clairs, the 12 clairs. There's even an article from Oprah.com about the clairs. I mean, it's, it's far reaching. There's a lot of info out there. Um, so we're hoping just to sort of condense it down for you so you can get um, like a base of knowledge on it. Definitely. And we're not saying that people who say there are a different number of clairs are wrong. We don't really feel like there is right or wrong. I think it's all super interesting information. I think both of us seek to make intuitive things simple enough that you can apply them in your life and also have an opportunity to dive deeper if you want to. But we can't overcomplicate everything all the time because... Right. <laughs> just goes over people's heads right so so our hope in this is to give you plenty of of trippy intuitive information but to also make this um something that you can easily digest does that make sense right yeah and that's sort of the beauty of intuition is that it can be whatever you feel in your gut that it is for you i mean we'll present the information to you and you'll hear about the different clairs and they'll click with you and it will click with you in a way that it might not click with other people. And then, so for you, there might be seven for someone else, there might be eight, but we're just presenting it in a way that, um, that you can get that info and then make your own decisions about it. Yes, exactly. I love that. And before we go any further, Jamie, I feel like I have to do like a little disclosure about the fact that I hate the term psychic. <laughs> yes, please. Same. Please say it. Okay. okay. As somebody who is an intuitive <laughs> and who is quite frequently 
labeled a psychic or have the term around what I do, I have to say, I'm not offended if somebody calls me a psychic. I don't think that I don't feel bad about that. I am not that easily offended. However, the term itself, I really feel like it's just been hijacked into like people who are out to trick you or show off a, a, I don't know, a magic trick to people. I, I don't love the term. I think of like Miss Cleo, not yes. a fan. Um, I'm, I'm just not a huge fan. So I am going to, you are going to hear me say psychic senses because it's probably the most widely accepted term for the Claire's. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I don't, I do not love the term. Um, Jamie, I know you feel a similar way. It's not your favorite, right? No, I feel like psychic is a term that probably is completely benign um, and applies to some people, but it was, like you said, I think it was hijacked by the patriarchy and taken and used against intuitives. So it was like an intuitive word that was then twisted and manipulated and used against us. Um, and now it has this sort of like dirty, shameful feeling, I think a little bit like if you, like I would never say that I'm a psychic. I mean, that's not the work that I do, but if it was, I, that's not what I would use. Like you, I would use intuitive. Intuitive, right. And you do intuitive work. And I think that's another reason why you don't like the term psychic, because it makes people feel like they can't be a part of something. Like, oh, I don't sit and channel the dead, so therefore I'm not a psychic. But if you use intuition in your work every day, then I feel like you're an intuitive. Like, I, I just feel like the term is better. Does that make right. sense? Right. I mean, you could put 10 people who call themselves intuitives in a room and they would use that energy in 10 completely different ways. Never mind the people like you said who wouldn't even consider themselves intuitive, but they're using it on a daily basis without knowing. Exactly. Yes, 100%. Okay. So, let's get into a little bit of info on the Claire's. So, first of all, Claire is the way that we're referring to it is spelled C L A I R and it is just French for the word clear. Right. So we're just saying clear, whatever to each thing, like clear sense of this. So yes. you have outer senses. Most people, I was going to say everybody agrees, but there's definitely somebody out there who's like debates the fact that we have outer senses or something. So most <laughs> Most people agree that we have these outer senses like taste and smell and touch, right? Like right. not a debate thing. Okay. No. We also have an inner scent set of senses, right? That's right. hard to say. Set of senses. Um, and those senses are where the debate, confusion, uh, I don't know. People are all of a sudden saying, no, we don't have those. So our hope in, in giving you this is for you we're not really trying to convince you, but we're just trying to show you like everybody has these and everybody has these skills. Like you don't, if you don't feel like you are a super intuitive human, you don't need to opt out here because it doesn't apply to you. It does. Everybody has these senses and uses them. Right. To the same point, if you are a super intuitive person, learning more about the um, Claire's and sharpening ones that maybe aren't your strongest only benefit you across the board in your life. So it's from whatever place you're coming, it's really worth diving a bit, in my opinion. Yeah, a hundred percent. There's, there's nothing that can be harmful here. It's more just learning more about yourself. That's all, that's all we're doing here. Exactly. So if your outer senses 
if you think of them as your ego's senses, like they are, your ego uses them to discern information. Your inner senses are your intuition senses. So this is where- I love it, I love it. (laughs) I'm glad you like it. This is where you receive information and energy, right? Your outer senses are where you perceive things going on outside of you. Your inner senses are where you take in stuff that is going to matter more inside of you with how you feel, with desire, and with discerning other kinds of things. Does that make sense? Yes, love it. So let's start with clairvoyance because I feel like that's the term that most people have heard before. But this is also where a lot of people decide, oh, I don't do that, I'm, I'm tapping out. So I think it's important to hit this right off the bat so that we can further explain it um, and address sort of the elephant in the room about like, I see dead people type of thing. <laughs> yes, I love that elephant Let's in the move room. beyond that. Let's move beyond that part. Yes, clairvoyance does not mean that you see dead people that you prophesize the future, it does not mean any of that. Now, if you see dead people, you you may be clairvoyant. And a lot of the more famous clairvoyants, I'm thinking of like Jonathan Edwards, yep. um, are they're clairvoyant, they're mediums and they're clairvoyant. And yes. we're going to get more into why there's so much confusion about this in right. episode three, but we definitely need to address it. It, it is not just that. It is so much more that is such a weirdly specific element of clairvoyance and it's kind of again the term's been hijacked by it I think right I mean I I can tell you right now I do not see dead people but (laughs) I will never forget the day that I will never forget the look on your face when I realized I was clairvoyant and you were waiting for me (laughs) you've been waiting years for me to realize it because (laughs) I I fell for that old trope too that like I wasn't clairvoyant if I didn't see dead people and I am very clairvoyant um but just not in the way that this society has framed it yes this one pigeonholed way which if you guys are sick of us mentioning how the patriarchy has hijacked things and created just like this one single avenue for for women and intuitives to be I suggest you stop subscribing That's going to come up a lot. That's a recurring theme. A recurring theme for sure. Yeah, and certainly here. So let's talk about what clairvoyance is. And and let me also make the point that clairvoyance is, it's clear seeing or called psychic seeing. It is not seeing with your outside eyes. It is not like you also see um, a dead person in your room. Okay, we'll use the dead person thing because that's a popular thing with clairvoyance, right? It's not like you're walking around and boom, there's a dead person there. As a clairvoyant person who also sees dead people, that is not what it's like. Right. Can that happen? Has that happened to me before? Yes, but that is a very rare thing. The seeing refers to seeing something inside your mind in the same place where you would imagine something. That's the same space that you would see something. Right, exactly. And it not, it's not just seeing dead people. It is seeing images. It is seeing, um, it is seeing like a, a, a picture in your head, a symbol in your head. Oh, that is what clairvoyance is. It right. really doesn't have anything to do with dead people. It is just for some reason where it gets like stuck. Right. Or seeing auras. If you see auras around people, that's clairvoyant. 
Exactly, exactly. So I figured for each of the Claire's, I would give you, Jamie, a, an example of, or a few examples of like a real life example and then a more like next level categorized as more psychic example because Claire's are not just like foreseeing dead people. They're for doing so many other things. Yeah, let's okay. do it. All right, so the real life example I have for clairvoyance, I have a few of them. Dreaming. <laughs> dreaming is clairvoyance. They're, it doesn't matter what you're dreaming about. That is a clairvoyant thing that people do. Okay. So people who's, so we should also say that everybody has all of the Claire abilities. There isn't a human that has zero of them or doesn't have all of them, but one or two of them, usually two of them are going to be your strongest Claire's. And in right. episode two, we're going to help you guys figure out how to figure that out. But um, if you are, if clairvoyance is one of your strongest Claire's, you are somebody who dreams and remembers your dreams more often. Exactly. Um, but everybody who's ever had a dream has used clairvoyance. Right. So there you go. Yeah. Um, envisioning something, mm. visualizing something, manifesting, manifesting, doing anything like that are just regular old real life examples of using clairvoyance. Okay. Nothing magical. You just sit and you imagine having something you don't already have yet and you see yourself having it. Congratulations. You just use your clairvoyance. Perfect. Magical. Okay. My next level would be seeing a symbol or an image when somebody asks you a question. Ah, okay. So I mean seeing inside your head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. For people who aren't clairvoyant, you might be like, what? You see things when somebody talks? Yeah. Most people have that ability. There are some people who really struggle with that, but most people see a visual of some kind when somebody asks them a question. So in my work, when somebody says to me like, oh, what do you think I, what do you, what do you think is going on with this? This is what I'm thinking. I'm going to start to see all kinds of pictures and symbols in my head to help them figure out the answer. I don't right. think it's magical. Some people do, but that's a more, um, I was, I would say next level example of clairvoyance. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you're, it's also not like you're blacking out and you know, your vision's going black and you're seeing things. You're still seeing the person you're talking to. You're still engaging, but in sort of your mind's eye in, in my, when that happens to me, it's happening off a little bit to the side and I yep. can, I can see, I see both. Um, yep. And that's happening simultaneously. It's not, and it's not like you're, you know, in a seance and passing out or anything. It's just something that your energy and your brain are working together to create for you to see. Exactly. And for people who are um, on the opposite side, so if somebody is doing a session with either one of us and we are getting clairvoyant information, even if you're just walking by us or talking to us in the grocery store and we're getting that, they don't know. We don't start like convulsing or like you said, I don't walk out. Like right. it, it just happens at the same time. It's very natural. It's been right. happening your whole entire life. You may not understand what it is. It may not be as strong for you, but it's just something that happens. That's what clairvoyance is. Yes. Right. Yep. Um, all right. So the second one, I would say this is the second most popular. You let me know what you think, Jay, but Claire audience. Mm, yes, not one of my stronger ones, but definitely, definitely popular, definitely common. Yeah. And actually, I think your daughter's strongest one. So I, yeah. Yes, that is her number one. 
Yes. Okay. So clear audience is just clear hearing. So again, it's not hearing with your outside ears. You don't like hear a magical message outside. Is that possible? Yes. Very rare, but possible. But it's hearing something inside your head. So hearing a word or a phrase or a voice or something telling you something inside your head, that is clear audience. Right. And that is very different than what I think if you're new to this, it's almost like you imagine like that you're in a horror movie and there's someone speaking on like into your ear, right? Like that is scary. I think a lot of intuition has been wrapped up by the patriarchy. Yes, we're still saying it. Um, <laughs> to be like all intuitive stuff has been sort of twisted and turned to look scary and presented to us as um, things we should be afraid of. And all this intuition that we're talking about is happening inside of our own system. So it's safe. It's not some outside source. Yes. Now, Claire audience is not one of my strongest Claire's, but I can tell you from when I have experienced it, most of the time, at least at the beginning of the Claire audience, it is in my own voice. So it isn't as if yeah. I hear, I mean, I wish I heard like Morgan Freeman's beaming voice down to me or something like it isn't like that. It's that it's words that you're hearing that are kind of your own. Now, people who are clear audience will sometimes experience um, hearing voices in a different voice, right? Like that is 100% something that you can do. But for the majority of people, it's there at least starts as their own voice. So again, it's not that scary thing that you were saying oh. has been kind of portrayed. It's right. just your own, your own voice in your own head, which yeah. is not that weird. <laughs> no, not it's totally normal. <laughs> okay, so for my real life or regular life example, I have all of a sudden just having a separate train of thought hit you and you just start thinking down a road that you weren't there before is a very common example of clear audience. Okay. Yep. So you're driving in the car, you're thinking about what you're gonna cook for dinner, and boom, inside your head you start thinking about um, oh, I wonder if I turned my curling iron off <laughs> and you didn't to turn around. Right. That's their audience. Okay. Okay. Totally normal occurrence. Just boom, a different train of thought comes in. Okay. Right. For my next level, I would say you're, well, let's use the same example. You're driving down the road and you're thinking about what you're going to cook for dinner. And suddenly you hear your late grandmother say, love you. <laughs> right. That would be a level example of Claire yeah. Again, not a scary, you know, like monster screaming in your ear. A right. very nice experience for most people with Claire audience. Yeah, lo that's lovely. It is lovely. I'd like to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, Graham. Hi, Graham. What's up? All right. Claire sentience is the next one. Okay. So this is um, sensing or feeling clear sensing, clear feeling. I actually like to call this one clear empathy because I think it makes it a little bit easier to distinguish it from uh, clear tangency, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Yeah. Um, but this is simply um, sensing emotion, feeling things from other people, um, getting a feeling, a gut feeling about something. This yeah. is that. I think this is very common. And this is what I think this is what people call like, you know, they make it more sort of physical in the body by saying, oh, I just had a gut feeling. Yes. Which makes it sort of more 
believable to themselves, I think, because it's a part of your physical self. Um, but I it's think that happens all the time. Exactly. Yes. I think that um, most human beings, whether they consider themselves intuitive or empathic or not, ha- can identify on a pretty regular basis experiencing clairsentience. Agreed. So my real life example is um, somebody walks in your house, has said no words and is smiling and you go, what's wrong? Because you can feel that something is wrong with them despite their outward appearance. Yes. I always say in the classes that I teach that it's like you walk into a room and you're like, whoa, someone was in a fight. (laughs) And then you you realize that like the house you walked in, the, the couple has just gotten divorced or something. Exactly. It's that sensitive ability to pick up, especially emotion. It's other things as well, but especially emotion and and things like that. Yes. In a room, on a person, all of that stuff. Um, I do a thing where somebody will call me. Now, first of all, being called is kind of weird in our society anyways, right? Like, oh my God, you're calling me. Like, what is the problem? Um, But Somebody will call and I will, the, the phone will ring and I will know just with the ring that this is, there's a problem on the okay. other end. Right. That is clear sentience. Yes. It, the ring feels weird, right? Like that. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> Next level example would be um, like sensing someone's energy before you see them. Or um, I think it's actually kind of common. Maybe it's just in our circles, but like, you all of a sudden sense um, your, you know, your friend you haven't talked to in a while's energy and they call you five minutes later. Like, right, exactly. Again, I feel like that's kind of common, but that's clairsentience, sensing yes. their energy or, or thinking of them and then they call. That is an example of that. Right, because you're connecting to their emotions. So your emotions connecting to their emotions. And so you're picking it up in advance. Exactly. Okay. Um, clear tangency is the next one. So this is clear touching, um, mm-hmm. or also known as psychometry. Um, that's another term that you might hear when it comes to clear tangency. Yep. This is touching somebody or something and receiving information. That's all this is. So it's ever happened to me. Okay. Well, I think that that makes sense to me for you. Um, okay. <laughs> and I, it doesn't happen to me that often either. Um, I sort of, I feel like I use tangency sometimes to confirm something or if I'm having trouble getting something, I'll use it as like an extra boost. So okay. let me explain, let me give you a real life example of, of tangency. When this is neither of us, but we know people like this, people, when they see you, that they have to hug you. They have to oh, hug you. Oh, okay. That's how they're reading your energy. That's how they're, you know, you know, those people, right? They have to yeah. give you a hug they can't settle down until they do so. Um, that is clear tangents. Those people are clear tangents. They need to touch people all the time. Make sense. See, this is me getting tricked by the patriarchy again, because whenever I read or studied or learned about that, I was always thinking about touching objects. Like you yeah. see in a movie, like someone like holding a ring and being like, this is from 1822, you know, or whatever. <laughs> Yes, your grandmother's, you know, like that. But that makes so much more sense when you put it like that, that you're physically touching someone. That makes sense. I think that that's probably a way more common way to use tangency, And again, not portrayed anywhere. Yes. Um, that like, oh, that's what that is. Also, like if 
if you see somebody and like maybe you're getting something intuitive done and they they physically touch you or ask you for your hand as they mm-hmm. they are using clairtangency to get more energy from you to figure out something that's what that is ah. now I did use my next level example for exactly what you're talking about. So sometimes maybe you go for a medium reading and you you want to connect with your your dead grandma and you brought her ring with you and you didn't say anything but you handed the ring to the medium and they grabbed some energy from it. That is also an example of clairtangency. And again, probably the only one used in in my experience, kind of rare in the intuitive world. Like so let me ask you this, Jamie. So you do, you're a Reiki master. You do Reiki on people. Do yes. you, do you feel like you have to physically touch them to get a message or do you just feel like just hanging in their energy field is cool? Like, how is that for you? Uh, for me, it's just being in their energy field. I don't have to put hands on anybody, although that is part of Reiki is using hands on the person um, when you're doing an in-person session, but no, just being near that person and tapped into the session. And then that's where my clairvoyance comes in, where I start to see things in my mind's eye about them while I'm working. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's a perfect example. Like clairtangency isn't just let me touch an object or let me hold your hands. It could be that, but it really just simply is touching something and picking something up. Um, When you, have you ever touched something and got one of those static electricity shocks? And like, not just the little one, like the one that you're not sure if you have heart failure for a second from. Yes, yes. That is an example of Claire tangency as well. And one or two things happen when that happens. Um, One, you have left your energy field far too wide open and you have touched something that has a lot of energy. Okay, probably the most common one. Second, you just happen to touch something that has a lot, a lot, a lot of like charged up energy on it. Like it could happen with a crystal. Um, Anything that gets static electricity is obviously there's going to be a poke from that, but it's also going to be literally charged, right? Right. So clear tangency falls into that as well. We'll be right back after this short break. Okay. Clear cognizance is my next one. So yeah, for me, clairvoyance, clear cognizance are my two main jams. How about for you? Same. Those two are, yeah. Yeah. I think that those are very common ones to have as your one and two. I think that they just go together. I think most people who do intuitive work of any kind have clear cognizance as their number two. I think that's just something that you see a lot. So Clear cognizance is clear knowing, right? Yep. How I describe what clear cognizance feels like is like getting downloads of information. Um, I suddenly just know a bunch of information. I didn't see it. I didn't necessarily like see it download. I didn't hear anything. It's just all of a sudden I have information I know that needs to be passed on. How right. would you describe it? So exactly the same way. I would just, what I always feel so compelled to say when I talk about claircognizance for like all my newbies, all the babies out there, everyone like me, who's like always trying to learn and trying to accept how intuitive they really are, is that claircognizance is, um, it's easy to brush off. 
because like you said, it's just something that you know, it's just something that is all of a sudden you're thinking about and that's easy to be like, oh, well, that's just a thought I had. How do I even know that's right? Or it's very easy for your ego to jump in on claircognizance and write it off. Um, so you have to work with that and then you become much more comfortable. Now, when I just know something, I trust that. Before it would be sort of like a push and pull in my head about, is this intuition or is this just a thought? I think of all the clairs, this one requires the most self-confidence. <laughs> right. And like trust, like trust in yourself, yeah. that like you, yeah. like that you can do this and that you're, that you're right. Yes. And especially if Claire cognizance is one of your main clairs, because it's not like these develop in your twenties, you are born with these abilities. So right discerning if it is an intuitive download, if this is claircognizance or just a thought you were thinking can feel difficult because it isn't a magical experience. I hate no. to like boost anybody's bubble, but it isn't anything all that. It's not that that different than having a thought. So sometimes it's hard to differentiate for people because they're expected to be, I don't know, like a dove to float down with a yeah. note card says here's your clairvoyant information and it, it's just a natural thing that you always do yeah I think people expect intuition to be sort of this this big moment and really it's very natural to your system that's how humans operate and so when you don't have that lightning strike moment you're you're likely to question it and especially I think claircognizance and clair empathy or clairsentience, I think those two go hand in hand. So if you're an empath who has never taught about intuition, it's easy to like be processing all these feelings and all these thoughts and, and just think that that's how you're thinking and not know that you're dealing with intuition and that you're really a bad ass. Like you are a badass processing intuition all the time and you don't even know it. Exactly. I, I feel like that is far more common for, I know it's our experience, but for people to um, just suddenly be like, oh, I actually have way more abilities than I thought. Yeah. Than, like, than anything else. Yeah. Oh, I have the, being intuitive is not rare. No. <laughs> it's just not. It, it's what we are. I mean, everybody has these. Everybody has the ability to develop them more. But right. my example for this is, um, you know, everybody who's physically able can learn to swim. Right. Yes. But not everybody has what it takes to become an Olympic swimmer. Right. OK. Right. So there has to be some sort of natural ability, some sort of purpose, sort of like kind of destining you towards that for some reason. Right. 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 But you could still learn to swim. I feel like this with the Claire. So just because you see someone on TV who's like really using them and they seem to do them in, in such a magical, easy way does not exclude you from being able to do it. In fact, there's a way that you can do it that will apply to your life, your everyday life that will help you. It doesn't have to be so over the top. Right, and to extrapolate on that swimming analogy, like some people are going to be Olympic swimmers and that will be their career. Other people are just gonna swim on the weekends for exercise and for fun. And like <laughs> you can use intuition in your regular day job, you can use intuition with your children with when you're parenting and in relationships. So like, it doesn't have to be your career or something that, you know, is this, like I said, this big lightning strike in your life. It can just be something that you use all the time. 
Amen, sister. Welcome oh. to our lives work of trying to explain that to people. Yes, 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 yes. In fact, the more you use it in your job, the better. And right. we're going to get into this deeper on episode three. Um, but whatever your profession, I guarantee you, working on developing and using these clairs so it's easier for you. It's not something you need to learn. You already know how to do it. You just need to learn how to do it so it's simpler. You need to practice. Right. Um, will help your job. There is not a job that you can name that I can't tell you how it will help you. So I agree. Yeah, whether whether you are like a water aerobics master or the next Michael Phelps, right? It does not matter. It's developing this will help you. Absolutely. Claire cognizance, I think, is what a lot of people refer to as mother's intuition. It appears mm -hmm. in the form of Claire cognizance. Yes. Um, so when you're like, I just knew there was something wrong, or I just knew it was a fever, or to do this, or to do that. That is claircognizance. Yes. Mothers and, and their babies. Um, if a scientist is listening to this and would like to call me to talk about this, I would really like to. Um, but mothers and children have a special bond that claircognizance is incredibly strong in a mother um, when she has a baby. It, it just happens. So right. there's um, a real life example of claircognizance is just knowing that you should put on the news all of a sudden. Has that ever happened to you? Yes. Yep. Uh, I feel like a lot of people can be like, I just knew I should check the news or I just knew I should call this person claircognizant. Or, or like I hear people say like, oh, I just happened to look out the window then. And I'm like, <laughs> I just happened to. Yeah. Like that uh -huh. intuition being like peek out the window, you know? And isn't it selling yourself so short to say that you just happened to or you coincidentally did something like own right. it? I yeah. was being really magical and I looked out the window at the exact moment it happened. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My next level example is knowing someone has an illness um, or something is medically wrong with somebody before maybe they even know. Um, that would be sort of a next level example of claircognizance. Right. I just, I think I have, have woken up many times in the middle of the night knowing that there was something wrong with one of my children who were soundly asleep. Yeah. There was fever. There was like, that's just, that's a, a just, I guess it's next level, but it's also kind of every day. I don't right. know. Right. Yeah. All right. There's two more clairs and I'll go over these relatively quickly because they are very common, but not many people have these as their main clairs. Okay. It's like the side clairs and they're weird. I'm just going to tell you, it's a weird thing to experience. The other ones are very normal. These ones are strange experiences when they happen. Okay. I, I the first that. is, me too. The first is Claire Gustin's. Okay. Yes. That is, that is uh clear tasting. So mm -hmm. that is when you suddenly taste something and you're not eating anything. And that's an intuitive download. That's what that is. Interesting. My real life example is if you are thinking about your grandma, we're just talking about dead grandma a lot today, but right. we're talking, <laughs> thinking about dead grandma and suddenly you can taste her, her apple pie she used to make you. That's Claire Boostins. Okay. Again, I think that that happens a lot to people, but you're not actually eating it. So there right. you go. Right. Okay. Um, for my next level example, I actually have a real life thing that happened with a client that I wanted to show because it was them using clear distance okay. and they know it. Okay. So I had a client, we were working on a lot, lots of other things. This isn't my main element, my main, you know, place that I use my intuition, but it, stuff comes up. Right. 
So at the end of our session, she was telling me that she thinks that she may have an allergy or intolerance to something because she was just feeling off. A very common empath problem. Right, <laughs> Food absolutely. starts to not work out. Yeah. Right. So she was telling me all these things. And, and then at the end, she said, it's really strange because every time I try to think about what is wrong with my body, I taste mushrooms. <laughs> really? <laughs> so I was like, well, perhaps you are intolerant of mushrooms. So she actually went and got tested and was that what, like, so literally she kept asking, like thinking about it and like asking her body was literally trying to tell her what it was. Right. And of course she wasn't believing it because she couldn't mm -hmm. possibly be that magical or intuitive or it couldn't even be that easy. Exactly. She was like, what is this other strange side phenomenon that when I said, <laughs> you know, like, because we're so disconnected from our own bodies that there are right. poor bodies are giving us messages all the time that we don't. Uh, we don't realize. So yeah, that's just sort of another next level example of Claire Gustin's. That's cool. Yeah. If there's something that happens to you a lot, I'm sorry. It's weird. I've, it's only happened to me a few times and I, I wasn't, I wasn't happy when it did. Right. <laughs> <It's very strange. laughs> okay. Um, and then the last one is clear aliens, which is clear smelling. Yeah. I think perhaps the worst of the Claire's in my opinion, not my fave. Um, it yeah. is, it's just smelling something that's not there. Um, and it's always something that you kind of, in my experience, realize after you're like, does anybody smell this? And nobody else does. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yes, <laughs> that's something else that's coming from an intuitive place. Excuse me. So a real life example, um, again, let's talk about dead grandma. Right. Um, somebody's telling a story about her and you're listening and you suddenly smell her perfume. Okay. Right. That She's just saying, Hey, what's up? Exactly. Um, a next level would be um, like walking across, going for a hike somewhere and you come across a land and you suddenly smell a campfire, but there isn't one there. Right. right. That would be like next level ability. Like, oh, clearly you're picking up something, you know, from a long time ago. There you but go. It's hard to interpret. I feel like not to be bratty about the Claire's, but like, <laughs> that's, like just smelling something. It's hard to it's hard to go from there with just a smell. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's a lot. And it's, again, they're usually like side ones. Most people's right. main clairs aren't those two, but they also happen. And I, I wanted to make sure we mentioned them because I think it happens to people more than they realize. And they, they think maybe they've gone a little bit cuckoo, but it's simply just your clairs. Right. And, and maybe you get the smell or, or the taste and you start, that's the, that's sort of the, red flag or the the light bulb moment and then from there you can use your claircognizance or your clairvoyance or whatever like maybe that's just the the thing that gets your attention exactly that certainly gets my attention when I suddenly smell or taste something that isn't there so definitely <laughs> right. yeah it's they're sort of like supporting supporting players they're like best supporting actresses in the clairs they're not the star they're not the stars of the show okay yeah. So let's talk real quick about the origin of these clairs. Let's talk about where they come from, who created them, what culture started them. Um, Hell no. That's the answer. Yeah. The answer is we, we have know. no idea. Yeah. <laughs> no, not. I think that you can probably by now tell that I am a researcher. I love to research things. I fall down many rabbit holes. And it's fun for me. I spent many days trying to figure this information out. Right. 
I have a guess for you that I'm going to tell you. Um, but I know I even called you and told you you had to look because I couldn't find anything and you found nothing as well, right? Yeah. I've looked this up for classes that I worked on before and found nothing. And then when you called, I was like, well, let me see if I can dig a little deeper. And there's nothing it, like it's hard, to, it's hard to dig into this again, probably thanks patriarchy. Um, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. The reason why we don't know a lot of this stuff and where it's hard to find this information is because back in the day, the people who are in charge of recording history were usually the churches. Okay. Right. Churches weren't really digging you using your own ability to connect to divinity in any way. No, no, no. They, you need to rely on someone else for that. Right. So especially back when my best guess for when this happened, this was created um, in the late 1700s. Like this was not, this was not something that was no. going to be recorded. Okay. Um, so let me tell you my best guess on who started the Claire's. Okay. okay. So there is a man named Franz Mesmer. Okay. And he lived from 1734 to 1815. I believe he created the Claire's, possibly alongside his protege, <clears throat> whose name is, I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to try, okay? okay? Marquis de Poiseger. Okay. Okay. So you hear the, you hear the Frenchness of that name. That was a French yeah. man. So we've got clear, C-L-A-I-R means clear. Right. I think in this is right. from. Yes. Okay. Frank, Franz, I was going to call him Frank. Good old Franz. Good old Franz. Frankie. Yeah. <laughs> he, have you heard the term mesmerized? Yes. Okay. This comes from this man who we don't, who history forgot. Again, I'm quoting Hamilton's stuff because it's still stuck right. in my head, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> so before we called anything hypnotized before that term we called it mesmerized yes okay. Franz Mesmer's work with trance states he was I don't think that he created trance states I think he can find that way way back in time yeah. but somebody who studied them and really brought them into culture and to attention I would point to this guy okay um in all of my research, the first thing that I could see where someone was studying one of the Claire's was good old Franz, and he mentioned clairvoyance. Okay, so this is why I'm, I'm bringing you here. Just a little bit about Franz, because he's super interesting. I think we will probably bring him back up if we do anything about hypnosis, or he's okay. done a lot of stuff, maybe astrology. I think he'll come up again. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of info about our friend Franz. Okay. okay. He is the creator of something called animal magnetism. Mm -hmm. The fancy name, I think, sort of distracts from what it actually is, which is just the natural energy transference occurring between all animate and inanimate objects. That's what animal magnetism is. Oh, yeah, that's changed over the years. But yes. Yeah, we, we use different terms. Um, but this is what he dedicated his life to, was seeing right. how energy talks to each other. Energy communicates with each other, not just magical energy, everything. So like right. you walk by a tree, you pick up energy from that tree and you give energy to that tree. He dedicated his life to studying that. Okay. He would have been a, a, somebody we would have loved. Had, I mean, I'm sure we were around during this time and we probably did love him, but <laughs> had he been around current day, he wrote a doctoral dissertation in 1766 um, on the influence of the planets on the human body. 
Wow. <laughs> Frankie. Yeah, I love you. I, I love know, him. right? So he was also friends with Mozart. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. yeah okay. Um, so he did all this work, Jay. He did all this research. He dedicated his life to this stuff. And then he got run over by the patriarchy, who decided to wipe him out and silence him. Shocking. Till Zoltz's time. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also want to say that he had a thriving medical practice. He did okay. well, but he had to move a lot <laughs> because, again, right. doing out-of-the-box things doesn't work. Okay. Here's okay. where he got into trouble. Okay. So he was asked to join a priest um, at an exorcism. Okay. <laughs> right. And he, the priest performed his exorcism and then asked um, Franz to back him up on the fact that he had healed this man with his exorcism. Okay. I believe from what I can see, I can't, there's, this isn't proven because the records of this are only from patriarchal view, but right. what people gather who are defenders of our, our boy Franz say that he had paid him or assumed and talked to him already that he would just back him no matter what he said, because Franz oh. had influence over people and people thought he was amazing. This guy wanted to be backed up by him and they had prearranged this. Okay. okay. Except our boy Franz was like, nope, it was oh. actually what you just did. You just healed him with energy. That's all you did. It's called animal magnetism. You healed him. He, he did not use the term Reiki, but he basically said you used Reiki. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you can imagine that the church was really mad at him for that. Okay. There's just such an <laughs> offshoot conversation here of like why the church is okay with exorcisms, but not like through their own rituals, but not through actual energy healing. Like there's just such a, don't get me started, Heather. Let's just move on. <laughs> I was going to say, we could spend a long time here. Um, you're going to hear us talk about this a lot, so you might as well get comfy. But yeah, this, yeah. if it is not in direct benefit of the church, it is not going to be something that's cool. Let's just right. say that. Okay. Exactly. So King Louis XVI, that's Roman numeral XVI. I had to look that up because I had no idea what that meant, by the way. Um, King Louis XVI got so mad about this that he decided to create a commission to investigate our boy Franz. Um, and one of the people on the board was Ben Franklin. Really? Yeah. I keep mentioning Ben Franklin. Wow. Anyway. So they created a commission. They investigated Franz without ever consulting Franz or any of his work or asking to see anything. They, uh, they investigated him. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, and said what they found was that he was, none of his work was credible and anything that he did for healing work could be explained away as in the imagination of the person he healed. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. One of the men on that board, a French man whose last name is Josu, he was a French botanist. And after everything was done, he spoke out and was like, everything we found showed that this guy was incredibly credible. Like, oh, the, they're making it up. They're just after right. it. Right. right. 
Then there's no mention of what happened to our boy, Joss Stu. So I don't know why he disappears. Yeah, exactly. So I think from based on what I'm learning, I've learned, I think our boy Franz Mesmer is probably the first person to start using these terms. I think the, the inner senses has been something, though, that people have just used and kind of accepted for a long time. Much like how we talked about past lives, it's hard to point to an origin on something that was just widely accepted everywhere for so right. long. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that with all indigenous cultures, all like from the beginning of time, people believed and, and used the inner senses. It's just now that we're having to relearn them. Exactly. So there you go. That's what I've got for you on the background of the Claris. What do you That's, think, Jen? It's incredible. Super informative and helpful. Awesome. All right. So we'll we'll be back with our next episode about the clairs. Um we will be talking about how you can use them in your own life, how to identify which ones are yours, all that good stuff. So we'll be back soon and I hope you tune in for that. All right, see you then. Thanks, Jay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode. For show notes and a place to send feedback, please visit our website, embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls.